The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Back at you, my friend. Have you been enjoying your boat lately? We oh. some gorgeous weather the last couple of weeks, and I was so bummed my boat's been out of commission. Oh, so beautiful out. Yeah, this is the uh, opening of the shrimping season over mm-hmm. on Hood Canal in Puget Sound. Good times. So I uh, actually ran the boat over to uh, Hood Canal over the, the last, uh, uh, well, a week ago now. Mm-hmm. So it's all set and ready to go. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, it's a. I know you asked me about trying to get my team out to do some shrimping. I don't know yeah. if we can, but yeah. we're kind of in the midst of, you know, a really busy market, a bit of, uh, so I'm not yeah, sure. Know. <laughs> Don't know if we're going to get to work remotely or not. It's a team building thing. Yes, that's how you have to approach it. Yes. Yeah. So you know, you get them out there and you say, "All right, you know." I just don't see Bebe ripping off shrimp heads. Oh yeah, no. She, unless they have sparkles on them, <laughs> she's very sparkly. Oh, but I'll ask. I bet she I'll 100 percent ask. I don't want to make an assumption Does and then be like completely seafood? wrong. If if she loves yes well if she's food. like me she sees food and oh, in well, face yes well, is, <laughs> she probably never had you know stuff this fresh it's I don't know she's from Shanghai I think so yes yeah. oh yeah could but be. yes but I had it with you years ago when we did a team building event like that yeah, yeah. gosh how long ago was that fifteen it was a long time ago really long yeah. time ago but yeah, yeah. It so it'd be fun to get a chance to do a couple it again. boats ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Anyway, I know this isn't a show about boats, but could be. Well, <laughs> I do I know, this all day long. I know. I know you can, and we both can. But there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff going on. It is boating season, though, right yeah, now. Absolutely. Regardless of uh, all the you know prior shutdowns and things like that, I know there's tons of people getting out and about. And I know our yacht club is open for new membership because there's a lot of people who've bought boats. And then we have a wagon axle coming up soon in July. Oh. I'm excited about boat sales, RV sales. They're going through the roof. The charts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and people are sometimes using their houses mm-hmm. to afford As those equity. items. That's right. Because yes. equity is also off the charts, which, you know what I was listening, you know how I audit a lot of our shows and I was going back, um, listening to one of the ones that we had, because I was telling my team about how funny that was when you read the letter about the guy who was getting, you know, a line of credit on his house. <laughs> and he, that hilarious letter about, you know, how he was going to go to Vegas with the proceeds. Yeah. And like he was just mocking the we, whole we process. Made him write a letter about what he was going to use with the money. But it, and he had, he had it all in there, gambling, prostitutes, oh yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, was just a big joke on his part. But I totally understood why the banks were doing that. Because remember when we went through the, the housing crisis, that was one of the things that when people were going through short sales, mm-hmm. had they had a line of credit on their home, it had to be determined mm-hmm. what max- had they used it for. Right. They'd max it out and then they'd pay for college. They'd buy a boat. They'd yeah. get another house. They'd do other things. And a lot of that debt wasn't forgivable. Right. Well, and oh, well it was for, you know, at least the taxes on it. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, so that was a whole right thing. now, like with the some of these PPP loans out there mm-hmm. to small businesses or to, to businesses. I had somebody the other day ask, oh, hey, I want to use my PPP money to um, 
uses a down payment on my house. They did not. They did. And I'm like, oh, mm, my gosh. Not with me. You aren't. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. And listeners, we have a delightful guest with us again who you can lightly hear giggling in the background. <laughs> She's, and especially it's a because look of mortification. Yes, it, like, it was half mortification and then also just me laughing but, <laughs> and, and recognition, probably yeah. of of that being a thing. Um, so, so we'll get to her a little bit later. But Darcel Lobo from uh, Dal Law Firm is with us. Or Dow Law Firm is with us again, um, and she had been with us uh, before talking mm-hmm. about bankruptcy and small businesses and what you can and can't do with your PPP and your idle loans. So yes, I'm sure she identifies greatly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that fun little oh, for sure. thing that you just, ha- I can't believe somebody did that. Oh my mm. gosh. Um, please tell me it wasn't one of my clients. <laughs> no, fortunately not. Okay. I, d- yeah. I doubt that and, it would be one of mine, but it's not one of mine either. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. But, uh, you know, so anyway, I, I just thought, uh, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. So, you know, just listeners, if you have not had a line of credit for a really long time and you are still considering getting something because everyone's equity has been growing like mm-hmm. crazy, you know, the market has been very, very strong. We're seeing houses sell for five, 10, 20% over asking mm-hmm. pretty regularly. So the appreciation yeah. rate is off the charts right now um, they, compared to like the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, they're going to ask you those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of put your ego in check and, and realize, like, things have changed, you yeah, know. Sure. So you, you just got to do the stuff if you want to get the money, right? And that's the thing I always laugh at is people get upset because they're asked to give information. I'm like, they're going to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes. What do you think they should ask you for? Right. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, we- yeah, we try to avoid offending people with our requests for documents, but sometimes it just can't be avoided. Right, you, you know? know. So, yeah, there's anyway. There's s- silly rules we have to follow called I'm... ability to repay. Yes. It's a law. Yes. And if we can't prove that, we can't give you money. So yes, and that was something that was instituted 2010. At, in 2010, right after the downturn was Absolutely. finishing up. So, And as a consequence of that, we have one of the strongest mm-hmm. housing markets and lowest foreclosure rates ever. Yep. So it, it did work as much as we grumble about it. it yes, did work. absolutely. Yeah, sure. And and it helps support what is happening in the market right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it did. So it really, really makes a difference. Um, I know that you've been doing a lot of what they call these full underwrites. So I just had uh, a couple of clients get under contract this last week and buyers and sellers of ours. And that full underwrite process is so important. Those are mm-hmm. lots of the conversations we're having with people. I know you have a, a new ad that you're doing mm-hmm. for um, – airspace and that talks about it and a lot of people don't always understand exactly what that is so you know um we've got plenty of shows that help describe it absolutely Uh, yeah when ours is called a power purchase but we fully underwrite your loan and um there's a little bonus there you get a a gift card after closing as well uh, which is kind of okay that's totally not the cost of the okay of the uh you know the uh, appraisal that's that, a so. bit of a teaser you just put out there. I, did, I guess people I? have to call you well, to find out what that might right. be. You might have to reach out to Eric at ericismybanker.com. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah. Yes. All right. So tell us what's going on though with uh, rates. Yeah. With rates. Well, uh, we made it through last week. Um, anybody that knows me or listens to this show, you know, have heard me say many, many times that mortgage rates are driven by the bond market mm-hmm. and the bond market is driven by Darcel. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> What you just felt when he put you on the spot. Fear of inflation. I wish our listeners could have seen her face. That was a look of fear. It was. It was. 
was pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> well, uh, so so last week we got a doozy of some inflation reports out. The the consumer price index CPI jumped 0.9 percent for the month of April, taking us from uh, about 1.6 percent to over 3 percent year over year. That's a big number, and it's above the Federal Reserve's target, which is 2 percent for inflation. Um, you know that was a not a good one. Uh, the bond market's initial reaction was to panic, of course, because mm-hmm. they're afraid of inflation. Right. And consequently, last week mortgage rates jumped, you know, pretty sharply, you know, in the in the latter half of the week. Um, but then economists started to take a little bit closer look at those inflation numbers, and most of the increases in inflation came uh, from certain sectors. They're really sort of concentrated. Airline fares, okay. up ten point two percent. Sporting events up 10.1%. Used cars up 10%. Why? Uh, Because also um, personal computers, same thing, up 5.1%. There's a chip shortage. Oh, right. We're short of microchips. You Mm -hmm. can't get a a lot of the new cars that you want right now because Mm -hmm. they're sitting there waiting for the microchips to become available. Mm -hmm. And and until that happens, used car uh, sales are just taking off. Uh, same thing with hotels, up 8.8% as people are starting to travel, right. you know, travel more. Uh, so once once the economists started to sort of digest, you know, some of that, 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 that all of those sectors I just mentioned account for maybe only about 7% of the economy as a whole. Okay. So the other 93% of the economy was not so bad, up about maybe 0.3%. So in the long run, that's actually sort of good news for... Um, for mortgage rates and the markets um, started to recover a little bit as a, as a consequence. Um, the other thing I want to kind of throw out there is all this the stimulus of spending that the government spent. The last round was mm-hmm. 1.9 trillion dollars, and and also the the set was it the second now I keep forgetting the second or third round of checks mm-hmm. you know that went out to um, you know to most people in the country. Um, what's interesting about those checks that went out, only 26 percent of that money was spent. On consumption, the rest of it went into savings or paying down debts. So there's always a diminishing return when when you know stimulus checks like that go out. You know, you the the whole point of them is that the money gets spent, stimulates the economy, and helps the economy grow itself out of a, a turndown. But they're only a little bit more than a quarter of that money was actually spent. The rest was saved. Yeah, I get that, but if someone's paying down debts, oh, I'm not saying anything against that. That's fine. But it's not spending, and spending is what well, creates they jobs. Well, spent. So <laughs> that's not the point. We're not. It's not a. They, it's they not spent a government. it on their credit card when they didn't have any cash. Right, but this isn't a government <laughs> pay off your debt program. This is a, a spend I it and kind of, stimulate the economy program. I get program. that, but I also beg to differ because a lot of people were racking up debt during that period mm-hmm. of time, and it's helping them get more stabilized. Well, I, I, very, very true. Uh, but getting stabilized would, in my opinion, would be spending the money and stimulating the economy. So they I'm just did. saying, I'm just putting that out. There. No, they didn't. didn't. Only 26 percent of them they did. Are. <laughs> How do they know? Uh, they do surveys, lots and lots of surveys. Oh, okay. So they're they're checking all of that. It's like, is there something yeah. about like when they cash that check, like, oh, yeah. check check yeah. those dollars? Gonna like that's going to sound really weird. Yeah, yeah. but. Like that, like that guy. (laughs) I I do have some statistics like that, though, that are pretty shocking because uh, even when, um, like, welfare checks or welfare deposits come Mm -hmm. out, there's a lot of ATM withdrawals from places like casinos, uh, which Mm. is, you know, yeah. What are you gonna do? Anyway, so here's where at we're with interest rates. The national average right now, Mm -hmm. thirty-year fixed rate loan, three point one five percent, up just a tick from last week. Fifteen-year fixed rates, two point five eight percent. 
FHA and VA 30-year fixed rates, 2.68%, and jumbo 30-year fixed rates, 3.13%. So all in all... Jumbo's way down. Yeah, they're looking good. Yeah, same wow. as a conventional. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, they're looking really good. So when we come back, okay. let's talk probate and law and some good things like that. So stay tuned. <laughs> some good things like that, of course. We'll be right back with Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba, Forgot feeling very I, amused. Forgot where I was there for a minute. <laughs> you did, and what time it was. <laughs> Thank you for holding. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us on that fun little note. Um, And just a reminder for you, obviously, we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m., but if you want to do a repeat of these, we do them Sunday from 3 to 4 and... Always on podcasts. Yes. Can't believe how many shows we have on podcasts now, but uh, it's over 220, and we have listeners all around the world. I think the only place we don't have them is in Antarctica. Right. We're working on that one, though, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They just need to know that we're here. Actually, we are working on some new uh, campaigns to, mm. to kind of get the word out because I'm going to go ahead and just you know mention our guest right now, Darcel Lobo. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, the, the context of, of what we cover on this show isn't always just local. Right. Right. Um, now, granted, you're an attorney locally and we'll have you explain who you are and all of that in a second. But, you know, the idea of probate, the questions that people should have, right, when they're looking at, you know, different parts of their life. Those those actually still translate across, you know, every state that's out there or anybody in any country, like things to be thinking about. Like, of course. Like what's going on in your life, right? Yes. And so we really try and provide that. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have listeners in a lot of different places. But um, for the benefit of our listeners, can you please – reintroduce yourself for the people who are listening today and tell them who you are and what you do. Of course. So I'm Darcel Lobo. I own Dow Law Firm in Normandy Park, about a few minutes away from SeaTac Airport. I practice in the areas of residential real estate, bankruptcy, and estate planning. Um, our website is Dow, D-A-L, lawfirm.com, and our number is 206-408-8158. And I look forward to chatting about probate with you today. Yes, I know. I'm. It's one of those things that a lot of people are like, you're going to get excited about probate? <laughs> Honestly, it's it's a topic I cover a lot with right. clients um, because, as you know, by, with you having part of your, your firm working in real estate, it's an integral part. Yes. Right? So when yes. someone's passing away or when someone's doing planning, um, you know, we're going to get to some of those questions. They, if there's real estate involved, you know, you've got to at least have that knowledge base as well. And you got to be working with professionals who understand the, the legal ramifications, right? Right. And, you know, um, from what I found is that there's so many misconceptions or misunderstanding about mm-hmm. what probate even is and how it works. So yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to be here with your listeners and kind of yeah. break down, you know, this process and what it looks like and what it really means. Yeah. And I, now is the time to mm-hmm. be thinking about that, you know, not when you're in, in the middle of, of that situation. Exactly. Because I, I, I can't tell you how many folks I've talked with where a loved one just, just passed away and they're completely overwhelmed. Yes. Because mm-hmm. everything's hitting you all at once. Yes. And, um, you know, it's not just probate. It's what do I do with the house, the bills? Mm-hmm. Where are the bills? 
You know, what mm-hmm. assets do I have? Insurance, yeah. everything else that... All the you know, stuff in the house, because yeah. right. there's usually exactly. a large accumulation of things that right. we and Americans And then you add have. on top of that the grief yes. of the loss of a loved one, exactly. the family dynamic sometimes mm-hmm. that comes oh. up mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. after someone passes. And so you have all these factors. And yes. so um, if we can, you know, answer these questions or inform listeners on how to make things easier for yeah. your loved one, yeah. um, you know, I, I love the opportunity to be able to do so. Yeah. So. No, I, when my parents had an accident in 2007 it was unknown if my dad was going to survive at the time and I remember you know all of this is going on me and my three siblings are all converging on the place where my parents were located and my siblings had no idea like what to look for and I wasn't just looking for anything that had to do with um, like a will or what have you I was looking for the powers of attorney documents my dad I knew because of conversations I was his medical power of attorney and I knew that they had signed like do not resuscitate forms and things like that and to go and try and find that Mm -hmm. right in my mom's office like my dad was super tidy (laughs) mom not so much I don't know if she listens to the show but I'm just like (laughs) putting you out there mom I'm throwing you under the bus you're kind of messy yeah. <laughs> and, well, and actually we brought right. that up recently um mm-hmm. one of my friends whose uh, mother just recently passed away the wife said she's like messy in life messy in death right mm-hmm. and That's i just thought man she was so spot on with that i'm like yeah. i'm gonna start yeah. using that uh, right, to, right to get my point across because when you are trying to find those things at a time of either despair or fear and and you need to be on it like you have time that you need to to get mm-hmm. onto these things it's so key that people be prepared and plan in advance and and talk right with their loved ones in advance yeah right i agree so darcel not everybody has to go through probate so correct wh- what are the what are the circumstances or the the reasons that a person would be required to go through a probate in washington yeah. Uh, so there's there's quite a few. Um, I'll start off with um, talking about the difference between an estate planning between a will and a trust because that's the main difference between those mm-hmm. two um, documents for your estate planning is that a will is a set of instructions of what you want to have happen but does not empower anyone to take those actions. It has to go through probate for a probate court to oversee the administration of the will according to the will. Whereas with a trust, a revocable living trust, that is a set of instructions, but you've also appointed someone as your successor trustee who can make the distributions according to your trust without the need for oversight from the probate court. Got it. So that's when you have like an executor or executrix. Right. So that's with the will. Mm -hmm. With the trust, you have a a A trustee, trustee, a successor trustee. Okay, gotcha. Um, So that's the biggest difference as far as a will and a trust is that wills go through probate, whereas trusts do not. There are some situations where a will does not have to go through probate. And in Washington state, we have the small estate affidavit, where if the value of the estate is under $100,000 and there is no real estate, then you can just file the will without probate and then file an affidavit with the banks or wherever assets are located and liquidate those. But again, it has to be under $100,000 and no real estate. Um, but the easiest way to um, work to avoid probate would be to update your beneficiaries. So mm-hmm. ensuring that all your financial accounts have a beneficiary on them. Um, in Washington State, we have what's called a transfer on death deed, where you can transfer real estate after your mm-hmm. passing without the need for probate. So there are a few other options to avoid probate if you want to do so. But probate is not bad. It's not mm-hmm. a bad no. thing. And that's the thing is I talk to people so frequently and they act like, oh, gosh, we got to go through probate. And you're like. 
it's not that bad here. You know, uh, I mean, it might be in other states. I know some states where like, like the fee for probate is like a percentage of the estate. I think that's mm-hmm. California from mm-hmm. what I've heard okay. is where that is. But that's not the case here in Washington. It doesn't have to be expensive. It does add time. It does add cost, but it's not overly burdensome. Right. So what what is the typical process uh, for probate? For a probate, so... Like we're talking about earlier about the documents is that sometimes the hardest thing for my families after someone has passed away is to even know what the assets were, trying to find the will, trying to find if there was a trust. Um, and so one of the key things, you know, for my clients is um, I prepare a binder for them that has their estate planning documents, but also I include a letter for their loved ones as far as what to do when someone passes away. Oh, that's okay. great. And great. I tell my clients, um, include copies of your deeds, your life insurance policies, all your important papers. Mm-hmm. Keep that all in this one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, also in our binders, we have forms for clients just to hand fill out. Who's your financial planner? Who's your CPA? Where mm-hmm. do you bank at? Mm-hmm. Where do you have investments? Um, because there's no way for us to find that out. There's no central data database like a credit report mm-hmm. for us to find out where assets are right, right and we used to be able to tell people you know just check the person's mail the statements will come in the mail once right. a month that's but not the case anymore and no. yeah all i get is junk mail yeah right. everything comes right. to exactly. my email right right um yeah. and, and that's why it's important nowadays to have then your categorization of like your passwords yep Th- that's right. in the binders as well. So passwords for email, online accounts, online banking, social media, mm-hmm. your phone access code, to the extent yeah. that, the, that the client is comfortable providing that information. But otherwise, the families cannot retrieve that from oh, the no, providers I, directly. I, I, I have so. many friends and past clients who have passed away, and I still get like a reminder on LinkedIn, like, you know, it's their work anniversary. Or, work anniversary. Right. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, right. look, right. okay, they've been gone mm-hmm. for 10 years. Yeah. I wish someone could take that off. And then I feel bad, like, unfriending someone. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's I had to do that feeling. recently. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird I, feeling. I also noticed, I mean, even, uh, like, going through things with my, my dad's estate recently, uh, insurance companies will change names five or six or seven times. Yes. Mm. And you might see a policy. I found one from like 1995 and, it, and I'm like, well, where's this one? And, right. And, right. You know, oh, well, that changed to this name, that changed to that name, to that name, to right. that name. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's a full-time job just to track all the, all of that down. Yes. So I love your idea of having it all organized in one, one place. And then ensuring that your loved ones know where it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And have access to it. So if you have it yeah. in a safe, make sure somebody has a key or the mm-hmm. combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have it in a safe deposit box at a bank, make sure you add someone else yes. as a beneficiary for access. Yes, because that's I've, a problem. I've had clients yes. not do that. We have to go to court to get permission to drill the safe open, and it's just yeah. adds mm-hmm. unnecessary time and cost. Just make sure wherever you yeah. have it for safekeeping, that someone else knows where it is yeah. and has access. Yeah, and that's, I know for my own personal situation, when I was trying to track those things down, I was, you know, pulling out envelopes, pulling, and it finally eventually found it buried in, you know, under a drawer right, somewhere. Right, right. It's just like, oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> you know, and I made a point of pointing it out to all of my siblings at that at that stage because it had the plans of both of my parents, right? They were both in the same accident, but all four of the kids were assigned different roles. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. one brother, you know, medical, one financial for our mom, me and my sister were the medical and the financial for my dad separately. Right, right. And so, you know, people have to know that those things even exist. Yeah. And, and, and they frankly didn't know any of that. They right. also didn't know that they had DNRs yeah. in place. And that became a battle when, you know, when it came to taking care of my dad because we didn't follow his DNR, unfortunately. Right. And then he, he lived six more years brain damaged. 
you know, and my mom years later then re- said she was regretful because she didn't know how hard his life was going to be. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like those conversations, because I had conversations with my dad about his medical wishes, but he didn't share that with, with anyone everyone. else. Right. So it really is so key that the communication, I mean, that we're going to go down to that comment numerous times in this show. It's like, it's about planning and then communicating. Right. Right. And being able to walk through those documents with somebody and, and hopefully not inciting, like they do in the bond market, fear. Right. Um, <laughs> Which I've now learned. Now I know. <laughs> yes, you can answer that question Yeah, now. I'll be prepared next time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You got me finally trained on it. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so, so key. All right. So um, let, me, let me get back. Well, hold on. We got to take yeah, a break. Yeah, we have to take a quick, quick break <laughs> here. But when we, we come somewhere. back, we've got lots more questions for Darcel Lobo. And thank you so much for joining us. We got more open house with Team Reba when we come back talking probate and lots of questions that are going to help you out down the line. Open house with Team Reba on AM fifteen eighty. The answer. Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. This is Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And with us this afternoon, we've got Darcel Lobo with Dahl Law Firm. Thanks again for joining us. Of course, thank you. So we're talking about probate and kind of what, what that process is. Uh, we talked about having a will and having a trust. And the biggest difference between them is a, a will, you basically have instructions, but the court has to decide you know, how that's administered with a trust. You, you've got your trustees set up and you can roll right through without probate. What happens if there's neither? Then the state will decide. Okay. So there are a set of laws um, in Washington State that decides um, where your assets will go upon your passing. And so it does kind of go down um, your bloodline. So you have your spouse, you have children, then they go to your parents, then it goes to siblings. Um, but in the event, if there are... If there's a second marriage, if there's, you know, um, mm-hmm. other maybe complicating factors in a family that can certainly make things a little bit more difficult and unfortunately um, sometimes create to create, um, you know, disputes among family members. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Never happened. I know. Yeah. I know. People get along <laughs> so beautifully. Shocker. Wow. Shocker. I know. But uh, <laughs> so there, there is a process. Okay. If, if there is no will. Um, Many times in those scenarios, the court will require what's called full intervention, where the court has to oversee every step of the way, um, everything that is done in probate, and also require a bond of your executor. Um, So it does add uh, more more time and cost, and unfortunately, sometimes more disputes in the families in that Mm -hmm. scenario. Gotcha. So... Get that will done. Get it well done. It's up. not that expensive. No. Uh, we try to make it as easy as possible you know, for yeah. our clients well, and as simple. Yeah. Um, but it's not as, as expensive or difficult as many clients think when they first come to see me. So yeah. let me ask you that because there's a lot of people nowadays jumping online and just grabbing some online resources. I'm frankly very skeptical of a lot of those things because just like when we have Rental Housing Association on here that does forms for landlords. Right. I would never pick a lease just off the internet because it's not specific to Washington State. Right. Right? So is that a potential concern that if somebody goes just to some online type thing that they're not going to get specifics to 
here that will that will cover them that that is that is an issue unfortunately i i've had to probate wills that were done online kind of do-it-yourself forms Mm -hmm. and they were not done correctly they're Mm -hmm. not recognized Uh. under state law yeah um see that's an important point for our listeners (laughs) to hear yes you know and i understand the added cost of having an attorney drafted but we're talking about your estate we're talking Mm -hmm. about your home we're talking about your bank accounts your investments and so for you know the, the few hundred dollars or maybe even a thousand dollars depending on the complexity um costs the amount of savings down the road and you want that peace oh, yeah. of mind I mean, that's why you're creating yes. your will that's why you're creating your trust that you want the peace of mind mm-hmm. for yourself and for your family mm-hmm. um and so aside from not being um executed properly under state law also many times as the client if you're doing it yourself online you don't understand the laws mm-hmm. and know kind of what you should be looking out for what the issues are and mm-hmm. so when you have an attorney you can ask those questions have those conversations so many times i have conversations with the client about you know who should be their executor who should be their power of attorney well why is this person really the best choice mm-hmm. what's the family dynamic you know yeah. and there's so many factors is there that a guardian go in? you got to get included right and you got to get people to agree to become a guardian and especially if you have minor children right that adds another layer of complexity to mm-hmm. it as well that you really need to talk through with an attorney i promise your listeners it is worth the investment of time and mm-hmm. the funds to ensure it's done correctly well okay so you gave kind of a, a, a small range of what that price point <laughs> that looks was like. a lot <laughs> uh, I, but okay but here's the thing Darcel. i talk to people about this all the time and they all have it in their heads because they haven't looked into it it's just like when they walk into a house and they see something they're like oh that's going to be so expensive to fix right and you're like no it's not yeah if you know what you're doing or you look into it instead of just guessing what you find out is it's actually a lot less expensive than you think right and and when I have talked to plenty of my clients about this topic and I tell them there's kind of a, a little bit of a range around there that you just stated, um, they're like, oh, is that it? Yeah. They think it's going to cost thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and, and it's, it's not. not. No. I mean, I, I can just, I, I'm very transparent with my pricing. I have mm-hmm. it on my website. Yeah. I, I don't hide the ball. Um, but for an individual, a simple estate plan can start at 695 for your will, your financial power of attorney, your healthcare power of attorney, and your directives. That's so I mean, mm. reasonable. In light of, you know, the, the peace of mind and the planning mm-hmm. that comes with it, um, yes. it certainly is, you know, uh, a very reasonable price. And we work yeah, really hard yeah. to keep our prices, you know, um, manageable for, for clients. And there's no surprise fees. I give you a flat mm-hmm. price. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things they don't get is that it usually is a flat fee. Right. Right. So if you have questions. You go in and you talk and you figure out what needs to be done. Right. And then that that sets the price point, right? So if you need to call me, if you have an email, you're not getting Mm -hmm. additional charges. Yeah. It's just a flat price. Let's just, you know, get it done. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super, super helpful. Uh, So once once a person starts the probate process, somebody passes away, you're you're starting probate, you got to go through probate. How long does it take? You know, the shortest I've seen usually is, I would say between nine months to a year is kind of a good average. Depending on the assets, it could take longer or if there's a dispute with other heirs, it could mm-hmm. take longer. Um, we do have a mandatory four-month notice to creditor period that we have to mm-hmm. wait out yes. um, if the person mm-hmm. passed away within two years. Um, so we do have that mandatory waiting period. So I suppose it could be done maybe in five or six months, but usually nine months to a year okay. is, mm-hmm. is what we see as far as a good time frame to expect for probate. But assets can be distributed before probate is completed. Ah, you beat me to it. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I thought Same you might here. be 
going there. So, yeah. <laughs> but Same yeah, here. so you don't have to wait that whole one year before you can make distributions. That's yeah. just the entire process for us to close before probate. Close it out. Right. So, and I know that one of the big ones is that four month waiting period where do you normally send out a notice to creditors or publish it in a newspaper or something we like that? We do both. So, for any known creditors that we're aware of, we send them direct notice and they mm-hmm. have 30 days to respond to file a claim. Okay. Um, for any unknown creditors, we have to publish in a local newspaper for a three week consecutive period mm-hmm. and they have four months from that first publication to file a claim and if they don't file a claim by then they're out tough luck Th- they're out mm-hmm. yep okay and we know how many people read the newspaper now right. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so you post that in what the stranger or what newspaper <laughs> and that, that, not the stranger no. oh, okay. um the I daily journal of commerce is what we use that's the cheap cheapest one right it's like 125 dollars for the publication so okay. it's yeah. really reasonable yeah bad. yeah that's not too bad all right so, so nine months to a year, uh, you can make your distrib- distributions. You can mm-hmm. sell real estate. Yes. You take care of all of that sort of stuff and, and just got to wait out that final time period until, you know, until you can officially close it out, pass the waiting periods and everything. What, what about filing a tax return? So we have to ensure that, that the decedent's personal returns are all filed mm-hmm. up, up through their date of death. And then for the estate, there may or may not be a tax return that's required. And so usually I'm working with the CPA for the estate okay. to assess if a tax return is needed. Generally, there are no estate taxes owing. The tax limits are pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, in Washington State, it's about $2.193 million mm-hmm. per individual. And yeah. at the federal level, it's about $11 million per individual. So it's okay. pretty high. Generally, we don't see estate taxes. But sometimes the estate tax return still has to be completed. Mm-hmm. Um, for the estate. Okay, just to satisfy the IRS requirements. Y- yes, and we don't want the IRS coming back later, so we take right. care of well, that. Who, and who would they come uh, 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 come back to the executor? What do you mean? Well, let's say let's say that a tax return didn't get filed, or that there were taxes owing. Who has to pay those? They they go after. Who do they go after? Yes. Well, I, I won't close a probate until the tax return's been filed. Okay, I see. So if the client refuses to complete the tax return, then I'm no okay. longer their attorney. I got you. So okay. <laughs> kind of like my PPP the, customer. Right. <laughs> okay. but, you know, th- that's part of my job is to guide the executor uh-huh. through the process yeah. and what, what has to be done because they don't want to be held personal, personally no, liable for any kind yeah. of omissions, you know, mm-hmm. on their right. part. Um, so um, that is a requirement for us to complete probate and for okay. me to file the, the paperwork is to make sure, even if there's $0 owing, let's just make sure, let's get that return filed so you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about it later. Gotcha. Yeah. How, do, how do you handle disputes amongst heirs? Or as an oh attorney, gosh. do you get involved in that? Um, I don't. So <laughs> that, yeah. that's my short answer. Okay. Um, so when a client comes to me, we have that discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. If there's a will, if there's a trust, or if there's not, you know, who the heirs are. Mm-hmm. And I have those conversations about family dynamics. Do we expect any disputes? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a therapist you refer to? <laughs> <laughs> you Perhaps. know, I do have like a, some a family idea. law mediators. Um, that will, you know, step in to kind of mm-hmm. help, not family law, but, um, well, sometimes family law as well, uh, but a mediator to kind of help diffuse a situation. Yeah. Um, but there can be probate litigation. Mm-hmm. I have elected in my practice to not take that on. Okay. Um, so gotcha. if there is litigation and a probate, then I have referrals for those clients to okay. seek those attorneys. Um, okay. But those aren't the ones that I take on. Um, it delves too much into family law for me with the, the disputes and fighting among heirs. And gotcha. so, um, sure. well, yeah. I mean, and that could show up in a lot of different ways. I've used this as an example before I had one of my clients with an estate to sell and he was clearly of the four siblings the guy who had his stuff together which is why his father chose him 
But the other three siblings had been terrible with money throughout their lives. Right. And this was at the very beginning of the downturn back in 2007, 2008. Okay. And so it was a question of like, is this house going to still be as valuable if it takes a while to sell? Because it was a really weird house on a busy roadway, which means it's you know not going to sell for as much money as nearby homes. It's also not going to be as appealing. Um, for a number of people because of the traffic as well as the fact that it was just funky. Right. Right. And so we went to put it on market and his three siblings were threatening to sue the estate because they said, we will, you will give us this much money <laughs> out of the sale. And it was like, does it work uh, that way? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, I mean, thankfully he was somebody who uh, had a very strong spine and could stand up to his siblings, but not everybody feels that way. Right. Right. And so it was it was a delicate balance because there were times that I was there working on site at the property, preparing it uh, with the different vendors that we work with and staging and stuff. And they would show up and it would be, uh, be careful what I'm talking about, sure. be careful about what I'm sharing in terms of what our process is, you know, what I think the pricing is going to be. Because it's just like, you know, I... When I have to deal with an executor or executrix, I'm, or you know, I'm asking, or the personal representative, I'm like, I'm asking them a lot of questions, like, who might I be interacting with? Right. And then also mm-hmm. through that sale, yes, you might be the decision maker, and or you have to take this to the court for an approval. But who else is going to be influencing this entire process so we can make sure whatever we're doing is like you said, transparent? You know, we want to be as transparent as possible, but also not giving something away either if it's going to set off an issue yeah right but um and when when it comes to making distributions you know if you've got an executor but the other siblings let's say don't agree there's nothing that really stops that that executor from distributing kind of how they see fit correct well, it could when it comes down to the final accounting, but maybe yeah. more yeah. when we get we back. Might, yes, I all right. So. I have to yeah. probably tackle that a little bit more. I might have just opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> you may have, and we'll tackle that and see how uh, other family members might tackle the situation, if not tackling each other. <laughs> so we'll be right back with Open House with Team Reba after these messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Thank you for joining us here yes. every Saturday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock <laughs> and Sundays from 3 to 4 o'clock. And always on podcast. <laughs> That's right. And speaking of uh, other things that we have always available, I want to men- make sure and mention this before we um, finish the show today. If you have been interested in any of the home buying classes that mm-hmm. we have done in the past, um, we have one that's available for you online. So if you want to send me an email to info at teamreba.com, we can send you a link to that program and uh, you can watch it at your leisure at any time because we know that there's a lot of people really interested in the real estate market right now and how that works. So we have something available 24-7 nowadays. And this isn't just a fluffy schmoozy class either. No, no. no it's a, the whole process. It's a two-hour class. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. And, and lots and lots of information on the home buying process, how to craft a winning offer, mm-hmm. financing options, credit, life skills, you name it. Yep. It's in there. And you can watch it at your leisure, That's in right. bed, on your iPad. Listen to it in the car, however you want to do it. That's right. Yes. So anyway, I want to get back to our wonderful guest, Darcel Lobo. Thank you again for being here. And right before we went into the break, we were discussing about distributions mm-hmm. with the um, executor possibly making decisions. Like you were saying, 
Did you get a full answer on that for us? Uh, I don't no, think you did. No, not yet. So Okay, let's um, jump back in. In the probate, when it comes to the end of the probate, there's a final accounting that mm-hmm. the um, ex- uh, executor has to do, which is called the Declaration of Completion, mm-hmm. which itemizes all the assets, all the expenses, and what the proposed distributions are. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of the heirs object to that, they can file the objection and have a court hearing if they disagree with the proposed distributions. Mm-hmm. Assuming there is a will, it's going to be pretty straightforward as far as the calculations are correct or not, as far as okay. is someone getting 10% or 20%. I mean, that's all should all be spelled out in the will. Uh, but somebody can dispute the proposed um, distributions in the probate. So, yes. Gotcha. And and one of, I think uh, I wanted to clear up a misconception as well. So let's, let's say the will says, uh, you know, I've got um, two heirs, and each one gets half of the, the sale of the home. Okay. But then there's also creditors. There's debts. Right. So they're, they're not going to take half the value of the home, but not take into account the, the, the debts against the estate, correct? Correct. It's so all the final debits and credits. Yeah. Right. So in the will, it, it always provides for payment of, of all expenses mm-hmm. for the decedent. So um, whether any debts that the decedent had, as well as any kind of final expenses, mm-hmm. payment of taxes. So all those debts get paid. And then we're looking at net numbers. What's mm-hmm. left? Mm-hmm. Um, same with the selling the home. You know, there's a mortgage, mm-hmm. the insurance, yeah. the it's property like taxes. Right. It's, yeah. a, it's the net that the heirs right. are looking at as far as distribution. I actually had this conversation with somebody about two weeks ago. And, and I'm like, well... You know, it, it kind of sounds like, because I knew how much was owing on the house, and I knew what the equity was roughly, but mm-hmm. I also knew there were credit card debts and things like that. Like, well, you're probably going to get about this much. No, 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 I'm getting a lot more than that, because I get half the house, half the value of the house. It's like, yeah, no, nah, it doesn't work that way. Right, and it, it, it could also depend on how the will was worded, because if there were other assets besides the house, mm-hmm. then maybe the will provided that those other assets would be what true. covered the, the, yeah, that's true. the debts, and mm-hmm. then yeah. actually half of the house after um, the house expenses would go to those two heirs. Mm-hmm. So I could see that if the will was worded that way. Mm-hmm. Again, another reason mm-hmm. to not DIY your will. Yeah. <laughs> I have a just a sort of related question. Like, so speaking of you know expenses and things like that, is it a good practice for someone to even have whether it's an account or um, have something set up where some funds are made available for that person who's handling their estate to take care of some things up front? Uh, yes, yes. Um, how do people do that? Right. So. If that's not set up, then a lot of times the executor has to pay out of pocket yeah. to get probate started and then seek to be reimbursed right. from the estate afterwards. And I, I've known people who've gone through that, and I was curious, like, how do you set that up in advance? Because I, I know when my dad passed, we still had to deal with a bunch of things, and you know, my mom was having a hard time getting into his accounts, unfortunately. Okay. Um, and and this was one of the other things back to the don't do it online. Don't assume that you know what you're doing because my parents screwed up their power of attorneys and my mom and dad notarized their own documents. Oh, no. Which, oh. Uh, yeah, because they both had been notaries working in real estate no, and, no, they cr- no. and they both oh, notarized no. each other. And it was like, oh, no. It was like it just it made it so much harder right. to deal with everything. Right. Well, wouldn't you recommend setting up like a, a, a separate bank account and a state account? 
you know, where all the monies could go into that. And or maybe your that. executor is on yeah, the account the with you, or how do you right. do that? Yes, you, you can't set up an estate account until the person has passed away, but you can right, have right. your informally, uh, a separate I'm bank sorry, account. I, I meant, yeah, once you're going through you the know, probate process. You know, if you process. wanted to set aside, you know, a few thousand dollars mm-hmm. or something like that, um, and name whoever your executor will be as a beneficiary of that account, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they know that that funds, are, those funds are there for them to use to initiate the probate process. Okay. And, yeah, and not even just that, but also dealing with like uh, funeral, funeral services, cremation, right. anything like that, because that's usually a, an amount that many people aren't prepared for right. out of pocket, because it can be four to six thousand dollars at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you define um, a letters testamentary? Yes. So letters testamentary are what come from the court when the court opens probate. The probate will issue letters testamentary to the named executor in the will that says that that person has the authority to access the decedent's assets, liquidate those accounts, open Mm -hmm. an estate account, obtain a tax ID number for the estate, and conduct the business of the estate. Mm -hmm. When there's a will and it has to go through probate, the executor cannot do anything until they have those letters testamentary. Mm -hmm. All I can keep thinking is where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, we have to deal with these letters. I think we're talking about a slightly different will. <laughs> no, but it, I just, it kind of fits. Yeah, um, I, I can see it, yeah. So, but, you know, I have to deal with those. Uh, you're saying it in a slightly different way than I'm used to it, because you, know, you said the letter's testamentary. How are you saying it? Testamentary? Letter's testamentary. Testamentary. Okay. I've been I can be saying, saying it wrong. wrong. That's just, but yeah. that's. No, <laughs> no, I, I reckon, because you said, it, I was like, wait, wait, how's it pronounced? Right. But yeah, because we have to deal with that all the time when we're selling the houses for people. Because yeah. someone will pass, and the most uh, valuable asset they had was their home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so frequently I'm dealing with with people that um, don't have these other things already set up, and we have to go get. Um, this affidavit, uh, you know, with no will and the, you know, pro, no probate, right, and right. they have the letters, and and so we have to get all that prepared, um, so that we can help sell this one asset, right. And if there is no will, but there's still a probate, then you instead mm-hmm. receive letters of administration. Ah, okay, it's, it's something different, okay. a similar effect, but it's a different document because but there was no will appointing the still executor. Still the authority to correct make those make those changes. And, and what I kind of discovered also kind of just recently dealing with my dad's stuff is that not every uh, asset, every creditor will accept the same information. You know, mm-hmm. some put you through the ringer. Some you can email it. Some you can, mm-hmm. you know, they Someone want certified, certified hobby, mail. Yeah, mail to them. Yes. Everybody's got a different set of rules for that. Yes. Especially the insurance companies because they are not super quick about no. things. No. Mm-hmm. On purpose. Yes. I would dare say. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and you know one thing I noticed too, um, and and I sh- I want to kind of call out too, Marcel, your your uh, website dalllawfirm.com, d a l l a w firm.com. Yes, um, you've got a you've got a, a video on there about avoiding probate in Washington State. Correct. So good, and yeah. so click. We have on a whole that. YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, there so, you go. Yep. <laughs> Answering What's common questions about same, probate and same name, questions. same doll law firm. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. It's like us with Team Rebo Real Estate. Perfect. And if people have other questions for you, how can they reach you? Yeah, either um, by email. So Darcel, D-A-R-C-E-L, at DowLawFirm.com. Or just give us a call or a text, 206-408-8158. Perfect. So how long does it take to get an appointment with you nowadays? You know, it depends. Um, Generally within one week, Okay. usually. And are you doing them still like Zoom call or is it? Uh, most How of them are by phone or Zoom. Um, okay. I, we do do in-person, though, as well, for clients okay. um, who do request it. So we do have a pretty large conference room. We stay six feet apart. You mm-hmm. know, we keep everyone safe. Um, I would assume so when there's a lot of documents, it's probably worth 
having that in person yes so that it, you can sort through things right you know and it depends on each case is different some cases that you know we have very little documents and some there are you know quite a few and so if a client would prefer to meet me in person i'm happy mm-hmm. to do so well you i'm going to also just remind our listeners that uh anytime you have a major life change it's worth it to go back and revisit your estate planning. Yes. Absolutely. So if you've had something new and exciting happen in your life, now's the time Call to your go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, please, please, please. Well, Darcel, thank you so much for being a guest with us again. It's always a pleasure having you here. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you again for joining us. And thank you. We'll see you next week, Saturday at 2 o'clock, Sunday at 3. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.